Hi there, and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is brought to you by Fans for Fans, where the content is absolutely free. It is episode 244 of the Jersnet Podcast. I'm your host tonight, I'm Colin Armstrong. As I say to you, every week, guys, it's not just the, the pod that we have here in Jersnet. If you get yourself onto the website, uh, you'll find the forums there, there's articles, uh, there's a history archive on the website also, so get yourself logged on to that. Uh, and as always, I would I would ask that you promote the pod, put the word out there, let people know that, that we're here. Uh, we're approaching 6,000 subscribers at the moment. It would be good to reach that number if possible. So yeah, please put the word out if you can and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, before I bring in my guests, uh, I sh- should mention our partners at Forest Precision Engineering, uh, they're a subcontract Glasgow-based engineering company. They've been a big commercial supporter of Rangers Football Club for a number of, a number of years. Uh, we're delighted that they're back in the pod. And if you want more information on them, uh, visit their website at www.forestprecisioneng.com. Uh, you can also visit the Forest Precision Executive Lounge, uh, which is a stunning new hospitality area within uh, the main stand. Uh, for information on how to book this unique and intimate space, Email the club at hospitality at rangers.co.uk. Uh, so, into my guest now, uh, an, an interesting day at Ibrox today against Partick Thistle, Rangers 3, Partick Thistle 2. But lots more to talk about rather than just the scoreline. A, a kind of bizarre game uh, all round. But Rangers 2, which is obviously the main thing throughout the quarterfinals uh, of the Scottish Cup uh, as the holders. Uh, I'll bring in my guest. So, first of all, John McCallum, who was having a right. Uh, tear away in his house before we came on air. I don't know what was going on in the background, <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of noise, John, a lot of noise. It's, bit, it's, it, it's, it's the excitement that follows me around in my domestic life. <laughs> Where's my headphones? <laughs> Who's got the charger? <laughs> well, you, the, the camera was off, so we couldn't see what was uh, going on, but that's, we could certainly hear it. And I'm sure there's a few folk watching wish the camera had stayed off, but here we are. <laughs> here we are, here we are. Uh, how have you been? You, you have a good Sunday? <laughs> Strangely, at the end of the match, I found myself having enjoyed it, having been <clears throat> spitting feathers through, all the way through the first half, uh, and just it was the most perplexing game of football. It was, and it, and it took an even odder turn late tonight, I hear. Um, yeah, aye, McCall's been sacked. That's have sacked the manager. Ian, Ian McCall's been sacked. Uh, so just, I mean, what are they saying by that? You know, you've got your win against Rangers at Ibrox, uh, Ian, or you're, or you're out of job. And I mean, I know they've, they've sort of had a, you know, not not the greatest run of form in the league. But it, it still feels like a strange, you know, strange thing to do. I mean, if, it, if, it's, if he's been sacked based on his form in the league, even if he'd won the day, was he was he still getting the sack at the end? Of it? You know what I mean? It's just it's just it doesn't bizarre. make any sense to me. Yeah. Football's full not, of yeah, strange yeah. things like that. And they do seem to be a strange club at the moment, so you know the ownership thing and all that. You know, yeah, there's all sorts of stuff going on in the back. They're all they're logging on there, yeah, and you know, I get it up them the hipsters that they are. Uh, anyway, uh, and on to my next guest, it's it's Stuart Weir. Uh, how are you, Stuart? Having a good Sunday. I'm- yeah, I, uh, an enjoyable Sunday, yes. Uh, made all the more uh, enjoyable listening to John trying to get set up. Um, <laughs> it's almost as if somebody had rolled a hand grenade under the door and people were diving for cover. Um, maybe one of those should have been uh, a certain Mr. McCall. I, I can't help but think, um, you know, I, I haven't spoken to him in about uh, 20 odd years. Um, um, I, I haven't missed, I haven't missed it at all, but I, I I do wonder whether 
he was sacked uh, based on the fact that Partick Thistle now can't sell any tickets for their 25th anniversary of their Scottish Cup victory over Rangers um, for their, their, their 25th anniversary dinner. Um, it, seemed, it seemed pretty bizarre. Maybe maybe they were just giving him one last hurrah and, and saying, right, if it goes well for you, you can keep your job. I, I kind of concur with what you were saying there. It's 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 utterly bizarre that you you play a Scottish Cup tie at Ibrox and lose that, then you get sacked. I can see that. I can see the difference between them, say, and and Motherwell, who <coughs> lost to a team from a lower division um, in yeah. the Scottish Cup, and also a glance at the league table tells you all is not well with uh, things at Fir Park. But which, which, think, which is also enjoyable, Stuart. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I couldn't possibly comment on that, but uh, I've got a great many Motherwell uh, uh, pals that are Motherwell fans, um, and uh, I, I don't want to, uh, you know, I don't want to increase their grief uh, at this particular moment in time. But I just thought the part of this whole one was a was a, a strange. The timing of it is, is totally peculiar. But then again, given the fact that a friend of a friend. Um, asked me if I would be interested in speaking to certain elements <coughs> within the fan base at uh, Firhill because of the the inner civil war that's taking place there. Uh, and I, I knocked them back. I think I did so with a bit of, uh, based on, on good judgment rather than um, just based on the fact that it was Partick Thistle. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, on the Motherwell thing, uh, I mean, there's, you know, during that whole 2012 fiasco with us, you know, it felt like every day I was adding another club to the list that I absolutely <laughs> detested. And Motherwell are on that list. Do you know what I mean? They're absolutely on that list. Uh, remember, so when they Ken- put it to, remember when they put it to a public vote and or they, 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 they took they took a kind of counsel from their fan base. Yeah. And I know for a fact that there was one, um, I almost named them there, who basically said that was adamant that uh, Rangers should be demoted uh, or um, put to the sword or whatever you want to describe it because Derek Johnson had dived in the Scottish Cup semi-final in 1976 <laughs> and you and you think to yourself what what level of bitterness do you know the, the, that's the, the kind of pettiness that we're all here for in Scottish <laughs> football isn't it that's, correct, correct John the, 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 the pettiness ometer was right off the Richter scale that it was bouncing on the red line for I guess you know by that point in time you know it was it was nearly you know forty you know forty years sort of type thing and you think to yourself you know has it did it really irk you at that time that you you thought that Derek Johnson had died of course he was he was taken out of play by Stuart Rennie I think the the, uh, the 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 video evidence is quite conclusive in that one. Maybe he did sort of dive to the side a wee bit. Well, listen, um, if it was the video evidence that we're using today, he'd pull a cent and he wants to the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I, I said, who I, I said it, you know, if you want to start there, I said it weeks ago when VAR was introduced to Scottish football. VAR is fine. You have to understand that the officials who have been trying to run the football matches up until this point will not change. They will not suddenly find themselves, um, you know, uh, like the masters of all the survey because of VAR. They don't know what they're looking at in the first place. Therefore, how is VAR going to help them? And I think that was uh, that was typical of some of the decisions made. Yeah, it was very very evident today that it's a farce. Uh, and and on the motherwell thing, I mean, I mean, 
I'm petty as well, you know, so I'll hold this grudge against Motherwell for 40 years. You know, the, the fact that their supporters poke Lee McCulloch in the eye with a flagpole uh, will still be with me when I'm in my 60s and 70s. So I <laughs> absolutely enjoying their pain at the moment and uh, get it right up them. Anyway, guys, on, on, on to today's game. Uh, I and another thing. That's it. Counting beef. Yeah. Our bro. Don't, our bro don't get me started. <laughs> the, the, the list is too long. It's too long for it. We'll be here all night. Uh, yeah, it, it did. It felt like every day, right? That's Motherwell on the list. That's Hibs on the list. That's you know, Aberdeen and Celtic were already on it. You know what I mean? But uh, it, it grew arms and legs during that period. Sure. I mean, on the, the, the game today, that I mean, the performance, I mean, the first half, really right. poor, really, really poor. You know, no tempo, uh, really lacked urgency, uh, a wee bit of guile, you know, plenty of the ball, but just weren't really doing much. And, and I don't really think, I mean, OK, McGregor had a really, really good save in the first half. He had the save from the free kick and, and that, that save uh, in the box from, uh, who was it, Tiffany? Uh but overall, you know, I felt like Rangers were in control, but just really lacking that, that, that sort of urgency, that, that that creativeness, that spark from middle to front. Uh, a lot better in the second half. You know, the changes changed things and, 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 you know, we, we upped the tempo a wee bit. But it was a lot more uncomfortable, I felt, than it should have been. You know, especially given the second half performance. It, it, it was a spectacle and... You know, at the end, yeah, I enjoyed it because we got the win, and it was there was a lot to talk about. But it should have been a more comfortable victory than that. I feel. I think, yeah, I think I had McGregor <laughs> shouting. I think we're alone now when Tiffany had that shot. Uh, <laughs> but that was uh... <laughs> we, we'll, we'll just end the pod now because <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, for somebody for somebody who introduced, um, uh, I think it was uh, the, the other week they were introduced Rossini and Wagner to the proceedings. I think I'll just leave it there. But no. I mean, I mean, maybe you always look um, at the world through kind of rose-tinted glasses and maybe you look at things in the past and think to yourself, things were better then. For there to be so many changes, I think it's seven changes in the team in the starting lineup, and to gender <laughs> such little response, you know, from the guys who were introduced to the team and given a start, you know, I remember kind of days of yore where where guys would have sat on the bench for maybe maybe years, you know, waiting for a waiting for a chance, and had to spring into life almost immediately. I just thought the first half performance was absolutely abysmal, absolutely shocking. And, I, and there was a bit of me asking myself, you know, saying you put McGregor in goals. This is the kind of game where you're you're looking to see, you know. What certain people are up to? Uh, do you have another goalkeeper you could maybe try? Give them a game. It's a Scottish Cup tie. You know, you're at home. You've got the, you know, the kind of support behind you. You've got better players actually, outfield players on the pitch. And lo and behold, you still need Alan McGregor to save you in the first half. It could have been a hell of a lot worse for Rangers <coughs> at halftime. Second half, much better once the changes were implemented. I thought the, I, you know, I, again that you're you're looking for a, you're looking for the guys who remained on the pitch and had survived um, at halftime to be given another chance. They picked up their game as well, and Rangers did play better in the second half. But I was, you know. I, I, you know, Rangers fans must be sorely disappointed at what they witnessed in that first 45 minutes. No spark, no, no I'll use the word enthusiasm. There was, <laughs> there was no, nobody in that 
side crying out as if to say, look at me, you know, I've waited all this time, this is what I can really do for you. And, um, you know, I, I think I think that would be, if I was Michael Buell, I think that would be a concern to me. Well, on that, it, 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 it is becoming a, a, a pattern, sure, you know, under under Buell, because I noticed a few people at halftime today on Twitter saying, oh, hopefully Buell gives him the rocket that he's, you know, it's almost becoming a thing. The the Beal half time talk to 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 drag them out the the mire that they've got themselves in, so it is becoming a bit of a trend. I mean, Michael Beal he's on a good run of, of form in terms of the results. You know, he's I think that's that twelve games now. He's one eleven through one something like that. But this is a trend over a, a huge amount of those games. We start games really slow, and and he doesn't seem to be able to fix it. No, I no, I as a a kind of concern. I mean, right from the outset of his tenure at Ibrox, you know, for the first couple of games, you thought that Rangers, it was, it was a bit like the NBA, wasn't it? You know, you score, we'll score, you score, and then hopefully we'll score more goals than, than you score. You can't always rely on the fact that you're actually going to score goals. And I think some of the times it's, you know, a wee bit twitchier for Rangers, the longer <laughs> they've gone into games where they haven't haven't managed to, to, to score. And then you look at games... Um, where they've started with an absolute bang. You go back to the the Hearts game the other week there. They start with an absolute bang. The game's won over and done with at, at half-time. And you think to yourself, ah, they finally, you know, they finally found the combination. They finally um, sorted out all their, their woes and their troubles. And next time out, they're almost as bad as the last day or yeah. as bad as they had been previously. I, I, I think it's a concern. Yeah, I mean, I think we all felt after the Hearts game that, you know, we'd maybe turned a corner, but it, it still seems to be a thing. And okay, we're, we're getting over the line, but I just feel that at some point we're going to we're going to pay for, for, for starting games slowly. We're going to leave ourselves too much to do to, to, to get back into it. Uh, John, uh, I wanted to discuss the sort of the mentality or the psychology of, 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 of the game, because... I was quite intrigued when you messaged me today. You messaged me earlier on the day saying that Tesla had sold their end out, uh, and they did. They, they, they brought quite a few thousand, and you know, and they were they really were quite uh, upbeat and and believed that they were capable of getting a result today, and they thought that, that they could get something. Uh, and that's despite the sort of recent run of form that Rangers have been on. You know, even although say some of the the, the performances at, at points have not been that convincing. We are getting results, you know. We're, 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 we're grinding out results, you know. So <laughs> I was actually quite insulted when you said that. You know, Thistle fans believe they can get something because the first thing I thought was well, they wouldn't think that if, if they went to Celtic Park. You know, what I mean, they probably wouldn't have sold that amount of tickets going to Celtic Park. They'd have probably went into that game with with an anticipation that they were they were going to get beat, not just beat, thumped. Uh, is that? The difference between the two teams at the moment, you know, when it comes to the sort of sports psychology side, a lot of people say that when it comes to football, games are they're one in the tunnel. You know what I mean? When the two teams are looking at one another, the mindset is already, you know, and it's obvious to me that teams are going to uh, games against Celtic thinking, well, this is going to be 90 minutes that, you know, we're never going to get back, we're going to get thumped, we're going to get beat. But despite the fact that Michael Beale's getting results and he's, he's grinding, all right, he's grinding them out, but he's getting results. Teams still fancy their chances against us, you know, and that was evident today. If you know, if this are bringing that amount of supporters to the ground, they obviously fancied their chances. Is that something Bill needs to fix? He needs to make 
teams believe that when they're playing against Rangers, they don't have a chance. Yeah, and that comes with results. That comes with with, with sticking five past Patrick yeah. Castle and Ross County and <laughs> and teams like that, which is something we, we haven't really been doing. Um, you know, I think we have to step back a wee second. It was a Scottish Cup game. Well, Patrick Thistle's first trip to Ibrox for a few seasons. Thistle are mid-table in the Championship. You know, we were in the Championship not that long ago. We ourselves know firsthand that the, the, the gap <laughs> in talent between middle Championship and, frankly, fourth in the SPFL is, is negligible. You know, they're, they're, you could basically take all those teams, shuffle them about, and it's not going to make a great deal of difference to how the league finishes. They're, they're all about the same standard. So, you know, it wasn't like we were playing a team from the Lowland League here. You know, we weren't playing a team that were, were juniors recently. You know, this was a full-time, um, a full-time team, uh, and they came in, in a cup game, and they came to, and had a goal, which actually was kind of pleasing. Uh, I had expected them to be quite defensive, but in actual fact, actually, I, I thought they had a goal, and I think that might have caught us out a wee bit. Um, but you're right. You know that. Sorry, sorry, John. Can I can I ask why why Rangers should be caught out when Rangers have shown absolutely nothing that they can steamroll their teams? Do you know what I mean? Thistle, Thistle, Thistle came there with their fans thinking they could actually beat Rangers. And again, I go back to the the point I made a minute ago. That for me is actually quite worrying. Where you've got, a, you know, you can call it a Glasgow derby and all the rest of it. But for me, that was quite worrying. The fact that Partick Thistle fancied their chances at Ibrox in a Scottish Cup tie against Rangers, it maybe showed you actually where Rangers are in the mindset of other teams. Well, I, I don't, I don't disagree with you at all. And it absolutely shows you where Rangers are in the mindset of other teams. I think we have to be realistic about this. So that's the question that Colin asked you. Uh, you know, a hundred percent shows you where Rangers are in the mindset of other teams. Other teams fancy their chances against Rangers just now. You saw that in the Hearts game. You know, Hearts went into the game at, at Tynecastle and they they went put out an attacking team. Now, yeah. ironically, <coughs> Rangers put them to the sword and put them to the sword well. One of the few times we've done that this season. But you know, against Ross County, we struggled for periods. You could pick that. You know, the Celtic game. And the Hearts game are probably the two games where we have played well for the majority of the match. And even in the Celtic game, there was you know like a twenty-minute spell where we, we were poor. Um, but for the rest of the match, we were we were pretty decent. Uh, the same against Hearts. But beyond that, it's patchy. You know, we, we play well in, in patches. Um, we 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 start games slowly for reasons I can't I, mean, I can't tell you why. We start games slowly. Um, there does seem to be something that happens at half time because the team comes out in the second half and it's a different team. And I've no idea how you change that mentality in, in a short space of time. But I guess you change it by again bringing in big, better players by by working on that mentality by working on how we're supposed to be doing it. Because we aren't doing it just now. You know, this this all came and yeah, I'm not saying this all came thinking thinking they were going to win, but they came thinking they had a chance, and we proved them right. They did have a chance, you know, slightly better finishing, you know, McGregor not getting what was a wonderful save. Could have been two nothing at half time, and then who knows, um, you know, uh, you know, it, 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 that is the reality of this of this current Rangers team. Um, the difference in Beals Rangers to Van Bronckhurst Rangers is, I'm not sure Van Bronckhurst Rangers would have won that game today. Um, you know, the way we were playing earlier in the season. I'm not sure we, we would have we would have got a victory. Bill's team seems to be getting victories. Um, we do seem to be to be able to do that just now, and that's a good thing when you're not 
playing as well as you need to play. But you know, this team is a long way from being the, the Rangers team that we want. I don't know if there's any, I'm not sure anybody debates about that. We can talk about why it's happening. Um, you know, <laughs> and is it, who's, who is at fault? But, but I think we're stating reality by saying that you know, we're not where we need to be. Teams don't fear us. They don't fear us in the way they fear Celtic just now. They just don't. Sure, uh, the first of many uh, sort of controversial moments, uh, and I'll, I'll get both your views on this. The <laughs> is this a year-long podcast? Uh, it's 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 a list longer than the list of teams that I hate in Scotland. So we, we could be here for a while. Uh, so the the penalty decision. So David Monroe, the referee, was asked to review uh, the monitor by Stephen Kirkland, who was the the VAR official today. Uh, corner kick, ball came in. Uh, I think it was Holt that got the header. No, it, it does strike Cholak on the arm. I don't think anyone can can say that it didn't. But my issue with it is, you know, it comes at him side on. So, you know, I hear people saying, "Well, if your arm's out, you're making your body bigger, all that kind of thing." But his arm is slightly out, but the ball hits him at the side. So, I mean, if his arm's not there, it's it's hitting him in the rib cage. It's not it's not like he's made himself bigger and it, it's hit him there. I mean, when I, when I was watching, I was like, there's no way this is going to get awarded. Absolutely no way they're going to give this. And then, when obviously, when they say to the referee, David Monroe, go and review it, then you think, can hell, they are going to give it because it's very rare. I think there's only been one occasion so far when a, ref, a referee's been asked to review it and he's stuck with his initial decision. But I, I just can't believe that Stephen Kirkland asked for that to be reviewed. And uh, again, it just shows... I mean, I was against VAR coming in. I thought we were setting ourselves up for moments like this. And I think that's an example of what a farce it can be at times. It's... Um, I think I think we're probably of a certain generation where we, when you used to play football... Um, you, you remember when you were a kid learning how to play football and you used to run about and try and put your toe under the ball and flick it up and hit the, the opponent's hand so you yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a penalty and you didn't actually understand the rules and then somebody took you aside and explained the rules to you and you stopped doing it you almost think that that should happen in Scottish football, that somebody should take you down the park and actually show you that this is actually, this is genuine handball and this is deliberate handball and this is accidental handball. Um, I, I, I thought it was, <coughs> one, I thought that the VAR, um, whoever was in the box, was trying to make themselves relevant. And, and and it shows you the fear factor within football that there are people who consider that worthy of a second look because they don't want the form of somebody pick, you know picking up their newspaper the following day and being pilloried for a decision that they might have missed. So in other words, they then think that every decision that's even slightly, well, I can't even say borderline, every decision that they, they, they think maybe should be looked at, has to be looked at. And that was, that was my first point, how the, the weakness of the VAR officials themselves. However, that is only compounded and added to and, and you know, and probably surpassed by the on-field official who actually came across and just looking at it, if you watch, Cholak jumps behind or jump, jumps for the ball. 
he's still in the act of landing and spinning and turning round when the ball actually strikes him from, from behind and hits his hand. And this wouldn't matter if it was um, Rangers, Glenbuck, Cherry Pickers, Real Madrid, or whoever it might be. That was never a penalty in a month of Sundays. It's impossible. So another word just saying that all handballs will result in a penalty. And that that was never the rules or the laws in football at any rate. And I just think it's another example of Scottish football. You know, and people say, oh, but look at what happened in England at the weekend. Yeah, I saw what happened in England at the weekend. And, you know, and I have to, you know, I, I pass comment on these things um, when, I, when, I, when I kind of do my day job. But I am dealing with Scottish football first and foremost <laughs> here. And that is absolutely ludicrous. Anybody who says or even can lay claim to that being a penalty is, is not watching football and doesn't understand football. John, uh, I mean, I was, I was talking earlier on about you know how sometimes games are won in a tunnel. Uh, you know the psychology. Sometimes they're they're won and lost uh, in boardrooms and stuff like that because it does feel that one club in particular has been making a lot of noise about VAR and certain media uh, personalities, shall we call them, uh, have been very vocal on VAR in Scotland and about how you know that one club was suffering at the hands of, of, of VAR. The one other club as was benefiting for VAR and like we were talking about it on the WhatsApp today it felt that, that that's maybe went through Stephen Kirkland's mind when he's looked at that you know he's looked at the previous sort of negative headlines and the, the, the criticism and all that kind of thing and thought well you know I'll, it's almost like he's passing the buck I'll, I'll pass it over to Davey and he'll, he'll say it's not a penalty but you know it'll look like VAR's trying to intervene and then that puts the pressure on the referee. That, that's the only reason I can think for that decision being made today. It just if it hadn't been given, the, we would have had another week of various people saying that's another Rangers handball. What was it someone said recently? Connor Goldson's the best goalkeeper at Ibrox. All oh, that shite, right? We would have had another week of that. And I honestly believe that's the only reason that decision was made today. Yeah, nothing else makes any sense. Come on, I mean, I, you know, it's it's certainly been. A concerted campaign, um, and today was the inevitable conclusion of that. Uh, absolutely diabolical officiating from start to finish. Is it? Is it a worry you know with, the, the, with the cup? I mean, with the cup final coming up against Celtic in a couple of weeks, you know, is that a concern? I think it's a concern that yeah, of course it's a concern. They're, 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 they're obviously in these people's heads. Yeah, of course it's a concern. We spoke about this. The last time I was on, um, we spoke about this that um, you know there would be a, there would come a day when a fifty-fifty or even a sixty-forty would go against Rangers. Well, that's what happened today. I mean, it was a, a, just a, the strangest decision. Um, you know, you know when Stephen Cragen is saying, <laughs> uh, you know, that's not a, you know, uh, you know, but you know, you know, what I loved about it how he tried to try and justify it. You know, what yeah. I mean? rather than just saying actually, no, that's not a penalty. You know. He, he tried to get around it. Saying, well, you know, I can maybe see why it's given, but it's not a penalty for me. Yeah, I mean, it's just it was a, it was a horrific decision, and it, and the, the game was littered with them. Um, and I agree entirely. I think this this is the pressure has been building for for a few weeks, um, and it's not been by accident. You know, there's no way John Hartson wakes up in the morning knowing what to put in a column. You know, I, <laughs> I just don't believe that for two seconds. You know, somebody writes it for him in crayons, and that's him. Um, yeah. You know, so uh, there's there's. It's been it's been coming. Um, it, it came today. 
we'll see if that you know I, you know, I, I, I suspect we're going to get a few more of them before the season's out um, you asked me uh, earlier you know do teams fear Celtic in a way that they don't fear us yes they do because you know Celtic are um, are, are a bit better at, at things like that than we are you know they're far cannier when it comes to that type of thing um, and I think that showed today and, and yeah let's we'll all be watching with um well i think with uh, slightly worried uh, expressions on our faces come the cup final because you know uh, i think there are these people do look at that and think ah, you know what it's not worth the candle um i, I can't give that i don't want to give i don't want to give a, a controversial decision to rangers in that situation um, and I think somebody at some point, you know, at halftime, referee has shown it and just said, "Well, this is a farcical decision. What on earth is going on?" Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, you know, maybe maybe the people in the media who support Rangers will start to agitate the other way. But I don't know. What are you sure? Anyway, uh, <laughs> no, no, I, no I, I, I don't think. I, I don't. I've always, I've always thought you. Listen, I've always thought. Um, you, you call these things as you see them, and and you know, in general, I don't think you can basically say this set of supporters or that set of supporters or this club or that club are paranoid when you basically sound paranoid yourself. But the fact of the matter just because you're paranoid that, doesn't mean you say they're not out to get you. Um, yeah, I've had that. I've had that one. I've, I've got that. You know, I've had that in letter form as well. <laughs> um, but it's um, I, 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 I. You, you have to understand where there are certain um, I put this in inverted commas organs that um, are, are, are basically just looking for a, a, a shit fight every time there's a, a match because they have to do that just to try and keep themselves relevant because if they actually said rather than pointing the finger you know, you're looking at people who, are, who have a column in a newspaper you're hardly going to point a finger at your own columnist or continue to pay them. Um, you prefer to, you know, you probably should basically take to one side and say, "Listen, pal, you kind of keep this up because nobody believes you." So they, they, they've got to they, they, they kind of do it almost off the back of the fact that we're paying this guy anyway, so he's, he's causing a bit of a stir. I don't, I, you know, I've always worked on the premise that if something annoys you so much as a fan, would you? Or a, a journalist, would you be annoyed if it worked against your team or your country or whatever? And if the answer is yes, then you really shouldn't have anything to say in the first place. And I, and I, and I think, you know, I think where we're at in, in, in terms of Scottish football is that there are, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, I won't take any lessons. I'm a bit like, you know, the guy who just been started with Partick Thistle, I wouldn't take any lessons from him 25 years ago. And I don't think I should actually, you know, I think my, my television has got a very big button on it in the hand, you know, the, the, the remote control's got a big button on it. That means I can either put the volume down or actually switch the thing off. I mean, you listen to these kind of things and, uh, and I, I never listen to football with the, the volume up anyway. So um, I think, I, uh, you know, I, I gauge my own judgment better than I, I gauge some uh, other people or some other pundits. But the, the, the whole thing about the penalties, and I have to say, you know, probably sounding amazingly unpopular now, that the, the first penalty was never a penalty. I very much doubt if the, the penalty that Rangers got was a penalty either. Stonewall shirt. 
I am guessing, obviously. If I couldn't see your tongue protruding from your <laughs> cheek there, um, I, I would have taken exception to that. But I mean, I, 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 again, as, as somebody, you know, like yourself or like John, who has watched football over a great many years, you know when you've, you've earned the decision. And I would have to say that Rangers did the exact same. It was almost like the, 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 the levelling up process had kicked in that Rangers were going to get a penalty as well. And that, that was never, that was, you know, never a penalty on uh, that the, the Tillman had earned. He was, he was going to go down eventually. The fact that he, he stumbled and staggered an extra two strides just to make sure he was over that line before he went down tells you everything you need to know about whether he was trying to buy a penalty or not and whether he was trying to, I will say, uh, use the words advisedly, con the officials. He knew what he was doing and they got away with it. And I, mean, I don't know, I thought there was a wee tug in the box as he was going down. But let's be honest, you know, Obviously, uh, Beale had a word with Tav and said, look, it wasn't a penalty. Just hit it straight at the keeper and, <laughs> and all will be well, right? We'll come on to that later. Uh, uh, I was forgetting he was a penalty kick specialist, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Stuart, just, just quickly, like John's mentioned there that he thinks Celtic are cannier when it comes to, you know, putting messages out there in the media and all that kind of thing. So how did Angels counteract that? Um... Uh, I think uh, again, it maybe it maybe goes to what your um, the, the fact that you can actually, if you think you can actually plant these stories, it's maybe telling you um, who you're directing your version of events at uh, and how they how they might actually buy it. And that's what that's what that's the first thing, and maybe the only thing I'll say on that one. You know, I I used to I used to be sent. Lawyers' letters um, regularly, and I've and I've had a good laugh at this with with, with certain people um, of a Celtic persuasion. And the letters that I I used to receive from um, Fergus McCann, pointing things out that I used to have I, I'd written, and I could always send the letters back, um, and and you know carbon copy in my own uh, in-house lawyer down at Canary Wharf and the uh, the the solicitors that would work for us should anything actually come um, to fruition in terms of a, a, a court summons and the likes uh, and always copy it in and reply and needless to say I always get one back saying um, yeah thank, thank you very much for your correspondence and there was nothing else after that you know, you've got to keep on top of these kind of things when people in are maybe disparaging towards you and your profession or you and uh, your ability. I've, I've noticed that, actually, I've noticed that in, in Twitter. Maybe tw- Twitter's not the best place in, in these kind of things to be subtle. Um, you should actually just go in with a, a, a machine gun and a couple of hand grenades. It's, you know, I, I, I pointed out, you know, that this evening with a wee, a wee clip of video about Alan McGregor and how he really did take the piss out of the Partick Thistle goalkeeper who time and time again in the game this afternoon would catch the ball and then just fall down and wait until everybody else had left the penalty area before he got back up again mm-hmm. and in stoppage time McGregor yeah, yeah. just picked the ball up <clears throat> stood for a split second and then planked himself face down um, you know as I've noticed on Twitter some people didn't see the subtlety of that, that tweet that I sent out, and and I, and I have to say that you're, you're um, and and as Piers Morgan 
famously once uh, said to me, uh, "Never, never come into contact with your readership, as they will just disappoint you." And and and, and there's elements of that in terms of people being able to make their own decision when it comes to what they write or what they see. Um, that I, you know, I, I still think stands to this day. I, I, I don't think you have to be, you know, even try to be cute about it. I think if you just play, play your own game or play to your own set of rules, that should be enough for you to take the moral high ground and maybe even take the moral high ground when it really does matter, rather than um, maybe meaningless arguments after your team has actually won a Scottish Cup tie. I think Piers Morgan kept in contact with his readership quite often, sure, uh, but it was through hacking their phones, but we'll not go into that. I think the fact that you'll actually find that he did not spend a single day where he had to slop out or uh, have somebody bring his tea to him no, would actually no. tell you how guilty on that one he actually was. Mm, okay, well, agree yeah. disagree on that one, right? No, uh, no, right. no, 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 Colin. <laughs> no, for my, for my own, for my, for my own position, and given what might happen to you, I it's the that is the stance I'm taking on that one. So I think maybe okay, should... okay. <clears throat> right. Anyway, right. John changes at half time. Uh, roof off, Ken. Hey, sorry, roof on. Ken on. Hadji and Cantwell off. I wanted to talk about those two. I mean. Both of them sort of struggled, you know. It was that middle to front area that we uh, we looked slow at the day, you know. We were loads of possession, but just struggling to break the uh, break thistle down. You know, Hadji, it wasn't a great day from you know. We sort of struggled, tried, you know, tried to get involved in the game, but just not his day. Maybe just a wee bit early, I think. And he's he's you know he's returned from injury to be included in the in the starting eleven in that kind of game. Uh, can't we all the same, you know? Tidy, tidy in possession and stuff like that, but just not that guile. You know, wasn't he opening up Thistle uh, enough for, for for me? And then a jinx by David Wren as well, obviously, but we'll, we'll, we'll not talk about that. But I think it's, you know, I think it's early days to be too judgmental on both of them at the moment, you know, because Hadji obviously hasn't played a lot of football over the last year. Uh, and Cantwell, you know, I, th- I think when he signed for Rangers, he hadn't kicked the ball since November or something like that. So early days and you know, we shouldn't be writing them off just yet. No, no. Let's not write them off. Let's give them another week before we write them <laughs> off. Um, no, I, like you say, Hadji, I was a bit surprised to see Hadji in the starting lineup. Uh, I expected some changes, but I didn't think Hadji would start. Uh, I thought he'd be on the bench. I thought, he'd, you know, he, he'll come on for the last kind of half hour, 20 minutes or something. I'm surprised he started. Wasn't surprised he came off at half time. I, I, I didn't think it was, it was his day. I mean, we needed yeah. to change things at half time. You know, we could have taken off half a dozen players. Um, I think we needed to change things. Uh, so it was no surprise to me um, when he came off because it, it just it wasn't it just wasn't happening for him. Um, and like you say, that the industry was there, but um, you know, obviously still not quite. You know, like match fit perhaps is is um, is the phrase. And no, he'll only get that way by playing games. And I can understand games, yeah. why. You know, I can understand why. Uh, you know, a, a Scottish Cup tie at home against um, a team from a league below. I Bill thought that, that this might be the right game, but it, it didn't turn out to be. Um, Cantwell, I mean, that's just kind of setting our third time now. We've, we've had a chance to see Cantwell, like you say, lovely, tidy player, nice touch. You know, he had a nice moment where he, he kind of won the ball and nutmegged the boy. Um, unfortunately, it's in his own half. And, uh, you know, it's nice. You like watching that. And so it's nice to have a player on their team who can, um, you know, get you off your seat a wee bit and, uh, for that type of thing. But he needs to be doing it in the final third. Um, and I felt today, 
Um, a lot of his stuff kind of flat to deceive. Uh, it was, you know, that kind of thing, but he wasn't doing it where he needed to do it. Um, whereas against Ross County, uh, he did, you know, in Ross County, he hit the byline, he put the cross across for, um, put the cross in for, uh, Tillman, I think, wasn't it? To, to, to score. Yeah. Um, you know, he wasn't doing that today. He wasn't breaking lines or whatever it is the term we use these days, um, for players coming from deep and, and getting to the end of it. So, I, it wasn't a surprise when, when those two didn't come back out. Uh, I think it was, uh, I think it, well, it proved to be the right decision. Uh, I was a little surprised it was Roof that came on. Uh, I thought my else would come on. Um, so I was a little surprised when Roof came on, but, um, you know, Roof looked quite tidy, tidy when he came on. I think he, uh, he definitely contributed. Uh, and Kent, Kent actually came on at Kent had a, had a good game and Kent's been in good form. Yeah. So uh, it was nice to see Kent come back on after a, a period where he was in poor form. Um, you know, he, he was in decent form. So the, the just, whatever was said at half time plus the, the changes were, um, were the right ones. But he could have taken Kamara off. Kamara, I thought, you know, I don't think he had much of a game. Um, I thought Kamara was, was a little disappointing today. <laughs> I was for having him off about 15 seconds before he scored. Um, <laughs> as I've the cost of death there. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I didn't think he was having a, a particularly good game. Uh, and again, another player that needs minutes. You know, a player who who's been out and and, and needs you know. Needs I think to he get needs. Some games. I think he needs goals as well. You know, I yeah. think he's. I think we've seen that earlier on in the season. Once he started scoring, the confidence came, yeah. and he went in the run. You know, and, and I was glad when he got his goal today. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's, he's the only forward I've seen that. that I think I said to you in the game. He's the only forward I've seen that makes Morelos look fast. Um, you know, <laughs> he's, he's obviously got a better. Bit of work to do, and he's he's sprinting. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was. The, I think it was the right changes. Colin, I, I didn't complain about the changes. We needed to make changes, uh, and, and I think <coughs> they were the right ones. I, I don't think for two seconds that means that Cantwell and Hadji, um, you know, should be off to the B team. And uh, Cantwell in particular, I you know would be very surprised if he doesn't feature in the next game, uh, either from the bench or, or or from the start. You know, that, that type of player. Um, there will be games when it's just not happening, you know, when, when you need to make changes. Um, you know, Tillman, who, you know, arguably was man of the match, actually wasn't great in the first half either. Um, you know, we just weren't functioning particularly well uh, in the final third. Uh, Tillman always went on and had a, had a, you know, a very influential second half. But did you hear McCall's comments about him? No, what did he say? It uh, was talking about the incident, which we'll come on and talk about, obviously, the second goal. He says, oh, I felt sorry for the lad, Tillman. I don't think he knew what had happened. He says, by yeah. the way, the boy can play the game. And I yeah. thought, right, that'll do for me. Anyway, sorry, so, on you go. No, well, uh, you know, so in terms of the changes, I think they, they proved to be the right changes. Um, I, I have no problem there. I don't think, uh, you know, Hadji, we all know what Hadji can do. And Hadji can be a frustrating player. You know, even when Hadji was fit and in good form, he was he could still be a frustrating player. He can be a player who, um, you know, who will try something that just doesn't come off. Uh, you know, he is that type of player, but he's also the type of player who can win you a match, a tight match. You know that. You know, he is the type of player who is capable of doing something that um, a lot of other players just simply can't do. Um, and, you know, it's good to have him back. And, you know, I think he'll be getting 15, 20 minutes, a half over the next, you know, next couple of months. I think the aim, of course, is to really have him, you know, fully fit for the start of next season. I think if we're being realistic about it. But it's yeah. good to have him available. It's great to see Roof back. Oh, let's hope he can go on some kind of run and stay fit. Now he'll be out for the next six games now. But anyway, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's you know I don't don't have any issues with the changes he made at halftime. He could have changed more. Uh, sure, 
you know, just, the, to pick up, just to pick up on the, the, the Tillman thing in there, it, it, what I said the last time I was on, you know, Rangers fans being um, hypercritical of Tillman, I, I, I thought I was, I was quite bemused by that, given the fact that he, he's played at a club um, or is belongs to the parent club that is in a different a different universe to, to where Rangers are at. And the, and the fact that Bayern Munich can talent spot somebody like that, basically tell you he has got something. And I think the day in the second half, um, we, we saw that. The guy can play the game. And whatever, you know, probably the terminology used by McCall after the game, that's somebody who's watched, uh, you know, and played football for, you know, 50 odd years saying that. And no surprise that actually somebody who was that close to the, the game in terms of being at, at pitch level and, and on the touchline and actually saw it um, would, would say that. I, I think I think Tillman is a luxury that Rangers fans are still struggling to come to, come to terms with. Um, and I think when you see performances like that, he is actually somebody who, if you, if you put pen to paper and sign for you, <laughs> You know, I think you 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 would have won a watch. The fear, I think, is that there's other people watching what he can actually do and might actually yeah, make him a yeah, better offer yeah, or yeah. make Bayern Munich a better offer than what Rangers can actually afford. Elman falls into that category for me. That when I hear people criticise him, I think to myself, "Do you actually know anything about <laughs> football? Do, do you actually know anything about football? Do you just come to the game to shout at eleven guys and you know?" Do, do the other things that come with, with, with going to the football because it seems to me that you don't know anything about the game I, I think he's head and shoulders above most people in this country to be honest with you yeah he can look like luster at times but his vision his touch his ability to get past people in tight areas I, I, I think the guy's different gravy but you know some people don't think that yet. Some people still need to be convinced uh, not me in terms of needing to be convinced uh, Stuart Raskin you know, his first start today got an assist, and I would say a, a tidy uh, first start for Rangers. Um, I hope I hope nobody clips this up for what I'm about to say, um, and say, "Well, you said this." Uh, <coughs> I'll explain myself first. Uh, firstly, I, I don't think I don't think he will ever reach the standards that uh, Paul Gascoigne did in a Rangers shirt, but. Watching him play, there were certain elements of the way he goes about playing. Namely, he has tremendous upper body strength um, and isn't frightened to use his shoulders and his arms, you know, almost like Gascoigne-esque um, in, in terms of getting that extra couple inches just to make sure he actually gets possession of the ball. You know, he also, he also has a, a bit of a trait where when it comes into a... Like, a 50-50 challenge or, or, or if he's having a, a bit of a, a choice with somebody, he steps across in front of them, which Gascoigne constantly did and was kicked for it. But he's he's really showing a bit of willingness to actually get to the ball first. And I thought that part of it was a bit of a kind of surprise for me. I've seen guys coming from the continent before who, who weren't really kind of up for the fight. And I thought to myself that actually he, was a, he had a kind of physicality that actually might, work for somebody playing in Scottish football or somebody playing at Rangers where he was actually showing a bit, you know, a bit of guile um, and a bit of cleverness to actually, you know, 
make, put himself first in the queue for any kind of ball. Some nice touches today. Uh, I, I I thought the goal, if you guys look at the, the, the goal that he sets up, he actually runs into a position where he's really tight for space, but actually bosses the situation. He actually decides, this is what I'm going to try and do, and, and basically this is what I'm, 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 how I'm going to do it, and, and creates a goal out of not a lot. And, and I think that side of it was, was was quite encouraging for somebody who, that was his first time, you know, his first start out of the box. And, and I think, again, he can he will only get better with the more games that he actually plays. And also the fact he will get better if he's actually playing in a team where he looks around and actually recognises some of the guys. I, I, you know, going back to the kind of first point we all made tonight, I think there was an element of that this afternoon where there were guys... <laughs> Rather than sticking, rather than concentrating what the, they were supposed to be doing themselves, spent too much time focusing on who was around them and what they might do. On to the moment of the game, <laughs> hey John, <laughs> uh, Tillman's goal. So I mean, the, it, it sort of happened that, that that whole thing happened in sort of three sections. So there was a foul on Tillman, which, by the way, I thought was pretty nasty. I thought it was a bit of a stamp and um a bit bemused as to why uh, who was it that done it I'm trying to, trying to look at my thing here who Harry Milne Harry, no. Harry Milne yeah. don't know why he wasn't at least booked for it uh, it's a red it, for me it's a it, 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 it gets worse every time you see it yeah it's a shocker so if only we had VAR if only we had VAR well, to do these kind of things that, 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 I mean this is, this is where we're going so <laughs> <laughs> there's that incident. There's, there's, there's this incident on Tillman. So Tillman obviously doesn't see the ball going out. So I think that's where the confusion comes from. So when Thistle take the throw in, he doesn't know that Rangers have put the ball out deliberately to, to get it back. He chases the boy down, wins possession, runs through. By the way, fantastic finish. You know, the, way he, <laughs> the way he rounded the keeper. And rounding the keeper was fair enough, but the way he sent another boy out the Copeland Road, you know, he sort of dummied it to, to, to put it in a goal. Brilliant finish. Absolutely superb finish. Not impressed with how the Thistle players react and how no one was booked there. So the Thistle player, uh, Malone, I think, should have at least been booked, possibly sent off for the tackle on, on uh, Tillman in the first place. No Thistle player booked for the, the sort of onslaught and Tillman after it. So I can see where the confusion has come from. The big debate here is, was Michael Beal right uh, to let Thistle run up the park and equalise, I um, I can understand why he done it, and I think how he explained it in the, the press conference afterwards is pretty good. You know, he spoke about it was the right thing to do, uh, club has high standards, all that kind of thing. But my issue is, if it was the other way about, there's no in danger, Ian McCall is doing the same thing. You know, I mean, he'll just put it down to, oh, he didn't know, he just ran through, it's a goal, and that's it. And, you know, if if Rangers hadn't got a result today, Michael Beale could have been in a tricky situation right now. Aye, but they did. So, <laughs> you know, we have to deal with with, with reality, <laughs> not what, what maybes and, and could have beens. Um, I think it was the right thing to do. I wasn't sure at the time. I think it was the right thing to do. I think if Rangers had won that game 2-1 and that had been the winning goal, if we're going to talk about maybes and could beens, if Rangers had won that game 2-1 and that had been the winning goal, we would have been pilloried. We would never have heard the end of that. Um, we'll never hear the end of it anyway, John. So. No, we will, we will. I mean, it's <laughs> in actual fact, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a North Glasgow boy. 
I know a lot of Thistle fans. Um, my, my uh, I grew up with a lot of Thistle fans. Thistle were the second. They're not really. They're team. not really Thistle. They're not really Thistle fans. <laughs> no, these boys were really Thistle fans. Believe me. Um, I, I grew up with guys who are, you know, who, you know, whose whole family, third generation Thistle fans. You know, so um, I know a few Thistle fans, and and actually one of them um, who I haven't heard from for a while texted me and said, "That's a decent manager you've got." After the after the game, which I thought was an interesting comment because he's the first time I've heard him say anything in any way complimentary about Rangers for about uh, ever. I don't think so. <laughs> um, so I thought that was interesting. So you know, aside from the the, the if spots and maybe's, I think you're right. I think the Tussle boy should have been sent off. I thought it was an absolute a stamp on on Tillman's on Tillman's ankle. Um, Quite a sneaky stamp. Aye, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, and it's one of these ones. The more times you see it, the worse it is. Um, yeah. The, 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 like you said, you know, if the Rangers support don't vote Tillman's goal goal of the season at the end of uh, at the end of it, I'll be very disappointed in us um, because he actually he took it really well. And it was one of these moments where you're watching it all happen and you're thinking. What's happening here? <laughs> you knew that this over going to go mental. You still wanted him. You know, it was it was a great moment. I've never seen you know, in nearly fifty years of watching football. I've never seen that happen before. That that whole incident play out the way it did. Um, I didn't think we were going to do it. I thought the body language of the players. Um, I didn't. McGregor think, obviously didn't want to do it. You no, know he mean? didn't want to do it. I think there's a few <laughs> in the team that probably didn't want yeah. to do it. And yeah. the look in Beale's face is a, is a there's a moment if you see it on TV. Where after Thistle have scored the goal, um, McCall comes over to shake Bill's hand, and you know Bill takes his hand and he shakes it. But he doesn't look happy. Yeah. You know, it's not. You know, he's not sitting there thinking. Uh, you know, he's sitting there seething that he's had to do it. Um, but I think I, I thought at the time, yeah, it's probably the right thing to do. Um, we should be able to beat Thistle without without having. Yeah, to I would accept that. that. Yeah, I would accept um, that. I, I, you know, and I, I don't blame Tillman in the slightest for what he did. No. I, I don't think there's any blame whatsoever on, on Tillman. Um, I remember. I just, I, I just think if he hadn't done it, we wouldn't have seen such a wonderful goal. Well, this is it, and and you know, it was. It, well, this is something we'll remember forever. You know, it's just yeah. one of these mad games that that had so much. Um, so I, I do, and I've, but I know there's a lot of people out there who don't think it was the right thing to do. I mean, I read <laughs> it was on um, on JustNet before coming on tonight and you know there's a couple of guys on there one of whom I've I've, I've never met him but I've known him a long time I've known him I've seen what he writes you know a, a sensible thoughtful poster on there who said that for the first time in his life he booed a Rangers manager today you know he was so incensed <laughs> well, what we done someone tweeted me saying call him out on this call yeah, him out you know absolutely. what I mean you know and, and, and so that I know that it has split the support. I know that there's some in the support who are utterly furious. I think a few, are, are, are like you, think, well, you know what? It wouldn't have happened the other way around. So why should we do it? Okay, that's that's a point of view. It's a fair point of view. Um, I, I think some just felt, you know, what was absolutely justified. You know, the, the thistle guy had he had, you know, he had time to clear that ball. He had time to punt it mm. down to McGregor, whatever it is he was going to do with it. It's not our fault he can't control a throw in from, 30, yeah, yeah. you know, it, it was just a terrible piece of football. 30 um, centimetres. Yeah, you know, it was just drop a, drop a bag of cement on it. That may uh, help you. <laughs> you know, it was that kind of thing. So um, I can, I understand why, you know, and, and there is an element of no one likes us, we don't care, and there's a big streak of that in our support. Um, so I can understand them saying, you know what, stuff it. We're here to win. We're only winners. 
that all, winning's all that matters. How you do it doesn't matter. I, I don't agree with that. I do think how you win does matter. Um, I think Beal showed himself to be, um, you know, I, 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 to have an element of statesmanship about him. Because, you know, it's just still quite early in Beal's <laughs> managerial career. He is at a big club where there's a hell of a scrutiny on him. He is going to be put in positions where he needs to be very careful about what decisions he makes because they will be dissected. They will be looked at in a way that nothing at QPR will ever have, have prepared them for. Yeah. Um, he knows the club. He's been here before. He understands how it works. I thought how he spoke after the game was very, very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I would agree with that. He explained it entirely. Um, why he done it? I thought the language he used was 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 perfect, um, and so yeah, my feeling is my feeling at the time was, I probably the right thing to do. My feeling now is definitely was the right thing to do, um, but I can understand entirely why folk would feel entirely different. Well, TC is a thistle boy. He was running through. I was like, Jock Wallace must be turning in his grave right now. <laughs> uh, Stuart, would you agree with that? Do you think Beal was right, or do you think we should have just continued the game at two one? I think John summed it up wonderfully for me. <laughs> when you when you look at it, when you when when you watch it to start with, that it's almost and then you watch it in hindsight. The first time you watch it, you you take it for what you see, and there's there's there are big chunks or component parts missing from the whole story. I will go back right to the very beginning, and this this is something that irks me. Time and time and time again. And today, I can honestly say, this is what you get when you do this. See this putting the ball out when somebody's injured? <laughs> Don't. Just play on. If they're yeah. that bad, go back and pick up the remnants of them or wait until the, 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 the buzzards and the vultures are flying around the top of them and picking off you know, bits of flesh before you actually do anything like that. This, this whole stopping the game because you think, think somebody's injured... There are not too many doctors or physicians running about in the football pitch. I have never agreed whether it's your team or the opposition team by putting the ball out. And and I think Rangers, in a roundabout way, succumbed to that today. John is absolutely right. How many touches, if somebody t- throws the ball to you, you're supposed to take maybe one touch and hoof it back down the pitch? No, you know, no prance around as if you're trying to control a helium-filled balloon, um, which goes only goes to show you the, how 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 good, bad, or indifferent that particular player might be. But hmm. it was, you know, if you watch it as a whole entity, I I, I, I mean, again, you back to TV footage. You knew that what was going to happen when McCall was walking back towards his desk or his bench. Winking at everybody going like it'll be okay, <laughs> it'll be okay. And when you see that, you think to yourself, wait a minute here, they've, they've sort of colluded here. This goal isn't going to stand. There was not, there was nothing in the so-called foul. This was all down to the the sportsmanship element. And and I agree with what John had said there. Up to a point, but if you're if you're standing as the Rangers manager and you're almost trying to defend the indefensible before you're having to defend it, in, in as many words, you, you where what else do you think about during the course of the game? 
you know, it's almost like he's, he's, he's worried about the fallout of what might happen if Rangers win this game by two goals to one. It's not the fact that it was like it went from two to five or something like that that you would have anything to say about it. But it was, it was. I just thought it was like totally, totally bizarre. <clears throat> I get, I, I get it. I understand why that thought process went on and had to, you know, and and went on very, very quickly. But there was there was a big chunk of that where if you were actually in the stands at the game and you didn't have a grasp of what was happening, you would have you would have been on your phones. Well, given the fact you can't get any any uh, Wi-Fi at Ironbrooks, but you certainly would be shouting to enough people round about you. Bill must go, and and I do wonder whether he's actually <coughs> created a, a a monster here by something happening in the future where the fickle finger of fate can be pointed at him and say, I see you can do that in a Scottish Cup tie at home against Party Thistle, but you couldn't do it in a Cup final at hand against somebody else. I mean, that's that. I would be absolutely fine with that. Can I just say that now? I don't know what that was. See, in two weeks' time at Hamden, if the same thing there's no way that would happen against Celtic. I mean, that that is the point, I suppose, that we're all trying to make. There's a bit of me, there's a sick side of me, would actually like to see something like that happening just to see McGregor's reaction rather than. You'll go running through, aye. rather than funny about tie a toe here and put the guy off. It would, it would be like it'd be like Lawrence Taylor in the number fifty six up for the New York Giants and taking the guy out from the sort of you know the, the crown of his head. No, I, I, I listen. I this is the the circumstances behind this. You know, wasn't normal. I, I remember going back to the whole Arsene Wenger thing with Arsenal, and you know, and basically offering Sheffield United. Maybe shouldn't have been a goal, but I, I think all in all, in this one, it was probably the right decision. Oh, are you cut a wee bit there, Stuart? No, I did it, uh, but maybe, no. maybe that was Piers Morgan sending me a warning. <laughs> Right. Two two things two things I'm taking for this one how how Rangers behave in the Glasgow derby against Celtic is very different. That was the Glasgow de- derby. That was the Glasgow derby. No 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 that was the Morris Johnson derby today. That was the Morris Johnson derby. And secondly, I think we should all be grateful that it wasn't Ange that done it because oh my god yeah. we would have just never have heard the the absolute end of it. Uh, moving on, guys. Uh, I mean. Uh, John, we, we get the late winner, obviously, on goal, and I mean, I think Rangers deserved it. I don't think there's any doubt about that. It was it was awkward at times, but I think we were the better team, particularly in the second half. But there is this feeling that you know, under Beal, and no, it is an improvement because, as you pointed out, under Gio, we might have not won that game today. But pretty much in every game that the, the, the Beals had so far, you know, it's just getting over the line. We just. Get get over the line and no more. We just do enough to get the three points. And obviously against Celtic, you know, we, we we fell short with a couple of minutes ago and let them back in it. It just feels like at some point this is going to come back to bite us. As I said earlier on, we're going to end up leaving ourselves too much to do. We're going to start so sluggishly in a game uh, that we're going to leave ourselves too much to do. You know, we're at Livingston next week on that pitch that 
nightmare of a pitch that always causes us issues. Then obviously the following week we've got Celtic in the in the, in the League Cup final. You know, need to be sharper. We need to be starting games a lot quicker. Yeah, and the, the frustrating thing is we have shown we can. We showed that at Tyne Castle. Um, you know, we've shown we can start games that way. Uh, I don't know if it was the changes today. Stuart made a good point. You know, the, the team maybe didn't look like they they knew each other um, at, at times in the game there because it was it was it was a different kind of team that we've seen recently. With no Sakala today, with no Kent today, with no Morelos today, who's been our our front three. Um, really since the turn of the year uh, and who've been doing quite well. Uh, so we're completely different. So, uh, you know, there could be various reasons for it. But you're right, as we are going to come unstuck, look, we're going to lose eventually. You know, that's, let's be frank here. You know, at some point, someone's going to beat us. Um, he's got uh, an exceptional record since he came in. But at some point, that's going to come to an end. Um, and it wouldn't be a surprise to anybody if it came to an end in the manner you just described, where, you know, we, we have a sluggish start to a match, a sluggish first half, Someone gets a couple of goals and we are just unable to break them down in the second half. That would come as no surprise to any of us. This Rangers team is playing better than it played in in the first half of the season. And it's winning games that it was dropping points in in the first half of the season. But it's largely still the same players that were there. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Tavernier. Tavernier is not playing well just now or he's not playing to the level we know he can play he is not having an influence on the game that he used to have that that he was having this time last season you know he doesn't get forward anything like as often and if and if he isn't getting forward frankly he's not contributing a great deal um you know because that's the type that's his strength and he, I don't think he's doing that particularly well just now. I think one of the reasons Barisic, I think one of the reasons people say, you know, oh, Barisic is playing quite well just now, is because Tava actually played so poorly that Barisic looks like he's played really well. Can I, can uh, I just like, on that, John, just, I don't want to interrupt your, your, your flow. Is, uh, has that got anything to do with the fact that, that Tavernier doesn't have anybody breathing down his neck for that position just now? It's, it's possible. I mean, you and I are both old enough to remember when Rangers bought Duncan Ferguson, and we got the best season out of Mark Hately that that that, that he yeah. had in his career. You know, sometimes you know that's what's needed. Um, so you know, you, you, we've all seen that happen with players. Um, we've all seen players suddenly up their game because suddenly there's somebody else in there after their position. So yeah, it maybe is. I don't know. There was certainly lots of talk before the World Cup that Tavernier was was playing with an injury that he wasn't training through the week uh, and was playing with an injury. I don't know if that's true or not. I didn't know then if it was true. It certainly made sense watching him because the dynamism that he had in his game had gone. You know, so he he's not playing particularly well just now. Goalkeeper is a problem position for us. That must affect the defence. I don't care what anyone says. That must affect their defence. So there are problems on this team. This team is not the finished article. This team is still at least three or four players away from being the finished article. So I don't think we should be surprised um, that we're not playing as well as we'd like us to play. We're not playing as well as we did the season we won the league. Well, yeah, that's self-evident from our position in the league. Um, I, I don't know what Bill can do about it. I think the fact he's got his winning again and, and frankly, playing better <laughs> football that's more suited to the players we've got is probably about as much as he can do before the next transfer window. Um, you know, the, 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 the simple fact is we need, we need a new goalkeeper as Stuart says, we maybe need a more experienced backup 
um, at fullback. Uh, perhaps if, if um, perhaps if we had somebody there, we might see more at a tab, or else you know he might just come in and replace him. I don't know. Uh, the young, young lad Devines looked quite good when we've seen him, but you know I don't know if he's quite ready for playing in the first team every time. So uh, that's my feeling. My feeling is. It is what it is just now. We're, 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 we're doing the best we can with what we've got, but I think we're still a few players short for where we need to be. Uh, quickly, sure. Uh, just conscious of time. Uh, moving away from today's game, uh, you know, there was an announcement this week. Uh, those behind the, the European Super League have, have made another announcement that they're, they're pushing to reintroduce it in a new format. Company called A22. Uh, have announced that you know they're, they're, they're introducing a new version of of, of the, the European Super League. Uh, it's open to eighty teams. There'll be relegation, promotion, all the things that uh, were sort of criticised about it previously. <laughs> uh, it's been sort of tentatively suggested that Rangers and Celtic could be two of those eighty teams. Uh, they've not said anything. You know they've they've kept their cards close to the chest, but the. The SPFL made a statement saying, uh, you know, we've seen today's statement from A22 Sports Management, obviously on the day that they announced they were trying to push for this this new version of the Super League. The Court of Justice of the European Union will be ruling on UEFA's position later this year and we will await the outcome of that. So they're obviously keeping their cards close to the chest as well. And I was just, I was just keen to sort of get your view on, you know, if this thing does become a thing, I mean, I, I'm dead against that. I'm, I, I, I hate the idea of it. Uh, would would you be keen to see Rangers and Celtic in, involved in this? Yeah, um, I, I, you know, given the fact that Rangers were one of the instigators of the Champions League as it is just now through Campbell Ogilvy's work, I, I find that highly ironic. <laughs> but the, uh, the the fact of the matter is, I think if you were starting off a competition and you were looking for the 60, 60 top teams or forget 80, even 60, I would think that Rangers and Celtic would be two of the names down in your, your team sheet. If only because the other meaningless clubs um, from whatever nations you want to um, select and once you get past the, the top, you know, four leagues, um, you know, in terms of England, Germany, Spain, um, and and Italy, I don't even include France in this because it's a, a it's a you know if you get past the first two or three in in France, you, you find out they're actually much the same as any other league in Europe. Um, I, I think that for the fact that you would have invasions of um, fans from Glasgow going to some of the more meaningless matches, I think you would you would want those clubs in involved simply because they would do all of these other lesser um, clubs and, and lesser places a bit of a turn when they arrived on mass. So I would think that they'd be in there from the start. I, I gave you though, Colin, I was, you know, it was just my nasty streak in me that actually made me say that about Campbell Ogilvy and Rangers and <laughs> Champions League. Um, I, 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 I think, I, I think I, I've never really agreed very much and I did, you know, I, I did have uh, a disagreement with Campbell Ogilvy way back in 1991-92 when this thing was being formulated about it. The, the, the Champions League doesn't actually do what it says in the tin. You don't need to be champions to actually win it. And time and time again, that has happened. Um, if you're basically saying, calling it a European Super League, yeah, go for that. And yeah, Rangers 
would most definitely be part of that simply because I think they have the they still have the the capacity in terms of their the the the, the crowds that they get and the size of the clubs and the location that they are to actually justify that. I think um, if you don't mind me butting in, I, 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 I was about to come to you, John. Yeah, um, I actually think this whole A twenty two thing is actually, uh, I think it's a tool being used by. Um, certain teams, Juventus, Real Madrid, the, the, Barcelona, the, Juventus, the, the, yeah. the big Italian teams, yeah. the big Spanish teams, um, to bring change in UEFA. I don't think there's actually any particular desire to break away from UEFA. Um, I think there's just a desire to bring change to it, and I think the change that will inevitably happen for what it's worth, because the English teams don't need a European. No, league. no, they don't. They don't need a European league, no. so, so they're fine. They've got plenty of money in the English league. There's no particular thing. The German teams, culturally, I don't think they're interested in it. I no, they're not. much of a backlash for them. And <laughs> I think that what will happen is I think countries like Scotland, Holland, Belgium are looking to UEFA to say, look, this, we can't compete. Our the Atlantic compete. League. The Atlantic so, League. I actually <laughs> think, I think what you'll see, if, I think you'll see is UEFA agreeing to a rationalisation of leagues. I think you'll see um, the Spanish League inviting Porto, Sporting Lisbon, Benfica into a kind of Iberian Super League type thing. I think you'll see, uh, you know, maybe the, the kind of top five or six teams from Italy coming into that league as well. And you've almost got that, a, a league of those countries. Uh, I could see, um, you know, something similar happening um, with the, the teams in, in what we knew as Yugoslavia. Uh, there's already been talk of um, Serbia, Croatia, Greece, uh, and countries around the Balkans of them coming together in one league. And I actually think that's what's going to happen. I think you'll see a rationalisation of leagues where Rangers and Celtic, Rangers and Celtic and Hearts, whoever, where we'll end up, I'm not entirely sure. I was like you for a long time. For a long time, I, my feeling was, no, we're, we're a Scottish team, but we belong in the Scottish league. I have to say, I've, gone a, I've, got, I've done a full about turn on that. Um, I'm not particularly interested in the Super League. I don't, I don't think we'll get into a Super League. Um, I, I'm not particularly interested in the Super League, but I do think that inevitably we will leave, we will stop playing in, in Scotland at some point in, in our lifetime. I don't think it's going to happen in the next couple of seasons, but I think inevitably that's going to happen. And I'll tell you why I think that, because I think these things are driven by um, how easy it is for supporters to, to view matches. One of the reasons Rangers became the club they became was because it was easier for, 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 for men in Partick and in Finiston and in the West Bank or the North Bank of the Clyde to get to Ibrox than it was for them to get to Fur Hill. You know, when they had no particular allegiance at that point. It was easier, the transport links were easier to get to, to get to Ibrox. So it was easier for those guys to get to Ibrox to get to Mary Hill. Okay. Um, that's one of the reasons that Rangers grew to become the club that became. Um, it's one of the reasons. And, 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 Transportation has changed. The ability to watch football matches has changed. You know, I see my kids' school. I went to school. Mentioned this earlier. I went to school. The boys in my school, certainly at primary school, 70% supported Rangers, 25% supported Patrick Thistle. As a typical North Glasgow primary school. Okay. And then 5% randoms. Guys whose dads came from Kilmarnock and places like that. No Celtic fans, I have to add. But, um, you know, well, that, that, that was, that, that was that's a good old fashioned non dom school back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> a good old fashioned non denominational North Glasgow primary yeah. school. And that's how it was. I see my kids go, my kids go to school and, and, and the, the, the boys come around and you say, who, do you, who does, you know, who does he support? He supports Man City. So, but who's he really support? No, he really supports Man City. <laughs> you know, like, well, you know, it's a changing world. 
um, you know, and, and if we're not careful, it'll, it'll change with us. I can um, I can understand, John. When you, were, when you mentioned that about the the the. the, the uh, I can see. I mean, thirty odd years ago, I wrote about the Atlantic League when the the, the pick of the Belgian teams, the when Bru Rangers were playing Bruges and the likes. You know, three or four Scottish teams, teams from. Um, you know, Rosenborg and all these teams yeah. would give themselves a different identity. It almost like, dare I say it, almost like a conference-like and building up Europe with all these different conferences until you actually got into the top league. And I could see that actually being more viable these days than it was 30 years ago when you really had to justify it, whereas now I think people would just accept it. And and and, and, I, and I, the whole thing about the Super League... And this is maybe just me um, mixing metaphors and certainly um, mixing members of the equine community. I couldn't. I, I don't get whether this is a, a Trojan horse or a stalking horse. If you see what I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not quite sure whether this is a, a a war or a battle that the bigger teams think they can win from within Europe, or whether they're basically aligning outside, or sorry, UEFA are lining up outside UEFA to try and force their hand. You're right. Two things. Just to, England, at this moment in time, don't need anyone. They are, they're almost turning into the NFL. Well, at some point in time, an English club might call themselves the champions of the world, simply because they only believe that football takes place in England. And, and the, other, the, the other part of, of, um, of, of that is that the German clubs are absolutely spot on about about Germany as a as an entity, how the Bundesliga was formed was off the back of something that we never ever want to see in Europe again. But the, in terms of the Bundesliga, people will never get, just cannot get their heads around the fact that if you're a top player in the Bundesliga, you don't really want to go and play in England or Germany or or sorry England or Italy or Spain. You want to go and play for Bayern Munich. And people, people just don't get that bit of it. And and I think for that reason, the Germans will always be a bit wary um, about joining any kind of glorified uh, Champions League. Uh, we'll call times there, guys, because uh, we've, we've run over slightly. The Super Bowl's coming. The Super Bowl's coming, yeah. I'm slightly disagree with you, John. I think this is happening. Uh, I think uh, money dictates it. I think Real Madrid and Barcelona and Juventus are in such a state that they, they, they need this to happen and but time will tell whether we're part of it, whether uh, you know Celtic are part of it, uh, time will tell. Anyway, guys, big thanks to to John and Stuart for their contributions tonight. Uh, great stuff from them, as always. Uh, we were live tonight. We're live on a Sunday night, uh, but the show will be available to download and stream uh, from tomorrow on a variety of platforms, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, all your usual places. Uh, we'll obviously we'll have a show out on Friday previewing the Livingston game and uh, we'll, we'll, we're back on here at half nine next week. In the meantime, get yourself onto the JersNet website and forums at uh, www.jersnet.co.uk. If Piers Morgan does have an issue with me legally, uh, I will pass him on to the legal team at JersNet, care of Stuart Franklin. <laughs> uh, and until the next time, guys, bye for now.